2: What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 290. I am Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of linearianation.com. We have a special guest, Charlie the Puppy, on the floor next to me. Uh, He may chime in or he may not, depending on his mood. Uh, We have a hard out, maybe not a hard out necessarily, but a potential uh, interruption in this podcast in case... The fire alarm goes off in Brandon's (laughs) building. Uh, We're recording this just uh, behind the scenes here. A little look behind the scenes here. Seven o'clock in the morning here on Friday morning. uh, Because a fire alarm could go off or a fire fire alarm testing uh, could go off at any time in Brandon's building. And they gave him no warning of exactly when that would happen. Only that it would happen sometime after 8 a.m. So uh, that could be. It's going to be uh, kind of a, I don't know, cliffhanger, whether we get this uh, fire alarm late in the uh, podcast or not. Anyway. You'll see, Jimmy.
1: uh, Thank you for letting me use your house for the SB Nation NFL show uh, Friday episode that I recorded (laughs) with RJ Ochoa and Rob Guerrera in a couple hours here, which you can also check out if you like this podcast. I'm sure I like that one too. Um, So thank you, Jimmy. Also. Thank you to the presenting sponsor of this preview episode, Eagles Colts Preview slash Ndamukong Tzu slash Linval Joseph uh, signings reaction show. Uh, Let me get into the copy, Jimmy. NFL Sundays are getting better, and so are the incredible offers at Jack King Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets, if they do. Plus, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets, like which team will win, player props, and point totals. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use code 5questions altogether, 5 Questions. And place a $5 pre-game money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. That's code 5Questions only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And now, if you listen to the podcast on one and a half speed, uh, I respect you, because that's what I listen to the podcast on. Um, but somehow, if you're doing that, this might sound really bad, because I'm going to try to do this uh, disclaimer as fast as I possibly can. You know, like you uh, you hear in those commercials. <laughs> So, yeah. so let's give it a whirl. It's going to be tough because there's some numbers in here. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 GAMBLER. In New York, call 8778 HOPE NY or text HOPE NY four six seven three six nine. Bonus issued as free bets, one boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Parlay and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com/slash football terms.
2: Not bad. We we might need to bring in Michael Buffer for uh,
1: to read one. <laughs> I, mean, of those. I don't. I mean, I don't know if he can, but I don't know if there's any kind of conflict there. But yeah, I would love. I would love to to really. I, I do a terrible job of getting guests on. So that's a really bad job. I mean, we we've, we've had to get Tommy Lawler on the show for years, and we haven't done that. Um, mm-hmm. That's a bad job by me. But I'm going to try to work on it. We'll see. Uh, but Jimmy,
2: uh, Big Eagles news this week. Yeah, they did some stuff this week. They signed, of course. Uh, and did they announce the Susie? They yeah, did. they did because they uh, they they retweeted him. They, so he didn't sign yet. He agreed. He quote unquote agreed right. to terms. He's not in the um, building. And then, they, of course, they signed Linval Joseph. Um, so they they're beefing up on the interior of their defensive line, which makes sense uh, in the in their loss to the Commanders. Uh, Fletcher Cox played seventy snaps in that game. Javon Hargrave played sixty six snaps in that game uh he Fletcher Cox was interviewed uh during the the you know media availability this week i believe it was on wednesday he said and my apologies for the Don't do it. language here but this is a this is a direct quote he said honestly i feel like <gasps> shit <laughs> playing after playing 70 snaps uh against the commander so um yeah i mean he's into his 30s and uh certainly you know the Eagles don't want him playing seventy snaps in any games. He doesn't want to be playing seventy snaps in games. Javon Hargay probably doesn't want to be playing sixty six snaps. So they bring in first of all they they bring in Linval Joseph, who makes a lot of sense with Jordan Davis being out. Linval Joseph's role is going to be very simple here. He's going to play nose tackle, and he's going to be a guy that plays on early rundowns and uh, is just there to clog up clog up holes. Uh, doesn't have the uh Movement skills at this point in his career That uh, a Jordan Davis does But he is going to be a big Beefy interior defender Had a good game against mm-hmm. the Eagles by the way last year When the Chargers played in Philadelphia um, But yeah he's going to be that guy For as long as Jordan Davis is out It'll be interesting to see what his role is Whenever Jordan Davis comes back I don't know if there's anything to read into uh Them signing him In terms of You know are they not expecting Jordan Davis back right after the, his mm-hmm. four weeks on uh, injured is his mandatory four games missed uh, on injured reserve are up. Uh, so that remains to be seen, but that's a very, that's, you know, obviously his, his addition to the team and his, what his role is going to be is very obvious. Uh, so when it comes
1: to, well, it's not just Joseph too, it's with Sue, like signing both of those signing just Joseph. It's like, okay, is Jordan Davis going to be back? But then he's also signed Sue and you're like, hmm, maybe he won't be. Yeah. And, and that's not necessarily the case because they entered the season. The Eagles entered the season with a five-man defensive tackle rotation. I think they clearly want to be heavy at that position Uh, in terms of not having mm-hmm. to play Cox and Hargrave as many snaps like you said. I think uh, I'm of multiple minds on these signings. I think, uh, I think, first of all, it's kind of cool that the Eagles can do this. This is kind of a unique position for them. If you're, let's say... I don't know, some kind of middling team right now. Um, Like, you're probably not going to get these guys. They're signing here in part because the Eagles are 8-1, and and they look like a team that looks like they can make a legitimate Super Bowl run. So it's a unique opportunity to be able to sign these players um, because they're not going to just sign for, like, you know, again, some dead-end team probably at this point in the season. Um, So that's cool. Uh, I I definitely think Linval Joseph is more about, you know, supplanting – Jordan Davis slash Marlon tui who just went on injured reserve, mm-hmm. whereas Ndamekong 2, I don't think, is about that as much as I think it is they're realizing Fletcher Cox is kind of washed, if we're being honest. Uh, I, I, I talked about this topic in, I think, the, the recap show, um, but since then uh, I, I didn't even realize this stat that I, I came across um, when I was looking back at Fletcher Cox's uh, sack total in Fletcher Cox's last 27 game team, Jimmy, do you know how, how many sacks
2: he has? Oh, I think you said some sort of similar stat in the did last I? podcast. I don't, but I don't, I don't remember. think I did. No. <laughs> okay. um, but anyway, guess
1: Six and a half.
2: Six and a half in the last 27 yeah. games. How many does Javon okay. Hargrave so have I, in his I, last I, three? I, six. <laughs> He's got six. Like, come on, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't think Fletch is washed. I think that's maybe mm. going a little too far. I think he's still an effective player, but certainly he, A, is nothing close to what he was when he was in his prime, obviously. And B, is not worth anything close to the $14 million that he's making this season.
1: That's my point. Like, washed relative to having the highest cap hit on the team. Like, that's terrible. That's terrible production when you're paying this guy I mean, you paid him $14 million this offseason. Like, why would you do that? And also not hindsight to say that was a bad call. Like, it was very clear that that was not, like, the smartest decision when it comes to use of resources. In any case, um, I, I do think there is something to, okay, maybe he can be better if he's not playing all these. Not, like, amazingly better, but at least, like, a bit, a bit more effective um, if you can rotate all these guys. And that's that goes for all of them. That's kind of the benefit. It's like mm-hmm. These are older guys for sure. And you don't know how much they have left in the tank. Um, but if you're rotating them all, then maybe that makes them better. Right. Then Although, be you know, yeah. the other part yeah. of it is like, so on one hand, fresh legs. And Damakeng Su and Lin-Paul Joseph haven't been playing. So maybe they'll be fresh. On the other hand, might have to play their way kind of like into football shape, quote unquote.
2: Yeah. So Sue is a really interesting player in that. um he hasn't missed a game. Well, this year aside, because he's been right. unemployed for the first half of the season, but this year aside, he hasn't missed a game since 2011. <laughs> that is that insane for a defensive
1: tackle. Yeah, missed a, he had a two-game suspension. Yeah, it was, that wasn't even injury. Stomp? Yeah, right. When he right. stomped on that Packers player. Yes.
2: Yeah. Was that on Thanksgiving he did that? Maybe. I don't know. It was. Like, I remember that was like a huge storyline. So, he was the number two overall pick when he came out and out of Nebraska, and... He was thought of at the time as one of the like the best defensive prospects ever. Yeah. I think he uh, who was the number one. I'd have to go back and look at who was the number one pick ahead of him in that draft. It had to have been a quarterback. Uh, but yeah, he was a, he was a star, like stud, scary player uh, coming out of Nebraska, and he had a good career. I think maybe he was slightly disappointing because he came in with just an insane amount of hype. But he's been in the league for 12 years. This will be his 13th now uh, that he has signed with the Eagles. He had six sacks in each of the last two seasons in Tampa. Um, You know, was a part of their stellar run defense. I mean, that that defense in, in Tampa, you couldn't run on them, uh, particularly during their Super Bowl year in 2020. And he was a part of that. But he also got after the passer uh, in that season, six sacks, like I said, and then six sacks last season. So, um, you know, this is a guy that just to add him, sort of on a whim, I mean, I don't even know if it was a whim really, but it was reported that he reached out to the Eagles and was like, Hey, can I, can, can I, can I play? Can I play? Can I come, can I come over and play? And there the Eagles like, Yeah, sure. Is, uh, sort of the way that, uh, Mike Arafolo sort of, uh, uh, posited it. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's a, an interesting addition. Uh, you mentioned Marlon Tui Pelotu going on hour. They have Jordan Davis. So there are two holes to fill. Again, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that all changes if and when those two guys come back. But now they're, they have a lot of depth, uh, particularly on the uh, interior of their line. I still think they need depth on, on the edge. Like they traded for Robert. What are your thoughts on, on Robert Quinn so far, by the way? So,
1: you know, I saw this. Uh, There's a tweet going around like he's only played 49 snaps so far. And that's true. But I think people like that. Like So he's averaging 16 snaps a game. I think that's skewed a little bit because I think the Eagles tried to give him off sort of in that Texans game because he went from mm-hmm. playing on Monday night with the Bears to then traveling to Philly to playing on Sunday against the Steelers to then playing down, going to Houston, traveling down there and playing there. He only played like, yeah. I think seven or so snaps in that game. It was seven yeah, snaps. Part of that yeah. was like trying to give him as much as like a breather as they possibly were comfortable with. Um so that's skewing the number there a little bit. He was up more in his first game and then this past game against the Commanders. You know, I ju- I that- was
2: just I was writing my mailbag right before we started recording and I actually I actually was answering a question about him. So it was, and I, sorry, okay. I have the numbers right in front of me here. It's 20 snaps. Um so he got traded on a on a yeah. Wednesday and then he played on Sunday. It was 20 snaps mm-hmm. against the Steelers, was only 7 against uh Houston like you said and then uh, against Washington. He played 22 of the 80 something, uh, that, that the Eagles played on defense. I mean, I don't, we haven't seen any impact
1: from him yet. So, and now he's on the injury report right. with a back slash rest designation. Um, so I'm mm-hmm. guessing he's going to play cause of the rest thing, but doesn't seem great that he's
2: also dealing with some back pain. Uh, uh, yeah. I have a question. Yeah, so the way that I you can look at like each of those three games and make excuses for it, like he was new sure. to the team against the Steelers, and then like you mentioned, it's a short, short week and a mm-hmm. road game at that. Only played seven snaps, and then this past week, the whole game script of that of of, of that matchup was wrecked yeah. because there were barely any obvious passing mm-hmm. situations that the Commanders had. Uh, in that game because they ran the ball so much and they stayed on schedule and there's always a threat of a run on those short and third down plays. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can excuse away sort of his invisibility <laughs> really is uh, is really the, 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 the accurate way to put it. I mean, you barely know he was even on the team through these first uh, three games. So you want to see something from him going forward. You would have ideally liked to have seen at least something from him. During these first three games, but so far not uh, not a great return on investment. There's a long way to go, but not a great well, return on investment after these first three games for a fourth round pick on a, on a yeah, half year a rental
1: record of Howie Roseman not necessarily making the uh, best trades at the deadline. Really, it's like J.J. Not a good trade. No, deadline, J.J. Yeah. Is the best one. Um, yeah, but outside of that, Golden Tate, Kerry Vincent Junior, Genard Avery. Uh, not the best. Uh, I have a trivia question for you because you brought up who was okay. the number one pick in 2010. Uh, former Eagles player. Um, hmm. And I'll take it a step further.
2: Oh, Sam well, Bradford.
1: Yes. Sammy Sleeves. Six. Six first-round picks from the 2010 NFL draft <laughs> have played for the Eagles. Can you name all six? Really? Six, six out of the first 32 picks. Oh, God. Picks. I,
2: I have no... I have no prayer. Uh yeah, you do. Come on. You mm, cover the team. So you name one. Yeah. So who was the Eagles pick that
1: year? Was that uh Sam Bradford's one. You have five more to go. Still was, on the team. Come on.
2: That was not that was not Danny Watkins because no, he was twenty eleven.
1: Yeah.
2: He's still on the team, Jimmy. Oh, god, how can I not think of this? This is terrible. He made the biggest play made. in franchise history. Who? Oh yeah. BG. Okay. Oh my god, that's terrible. Terrible okay. job of me. He was what thirteenth overall, I think, and then yeah. I know that, then, but I couldn't I couldn't identify who him. Just pick. signed with the Eagles. <laughs> oh, uh, was Chris who Long just that signed year? with the Eagles? Uh, well,
1: no. Robert Quinn. Oh, uh, well, yeah, okay. So that's Joe. you're up to three of the six. Was Linval Joseph wasn't a first nope. round pick, was he? Uh, the other one was one one guy was taken right before Brandon Graham, and mm. he played
2: uh running back oh uh ryan four matthews four of the six All Okay. Right. can you name uh i would have never i would have never thought of him without the hint. another member
1: of the eagles super bowl team like significant member uh one of the most meaningful moments in franchise history as well huh back end of the first round very last pick of the first round actually mm. minnesota vikings game champ- nfc championship game what's the biggest play from the championship game
2: oh right patrick okay. robinson
1: yeah he was a first round pick and with the saints a terrible yeah. job by you and then the last one also a quarterback
2: <laughs> well i am getting him i just need a well, little other, coaxing the other one is the, another quarterback uh was that tebow how okay. about that
1: six different players
2: he went what 20 do you have, do you have the list of, do, I, i'll tell you where those guys went, yeah, were picked he was, tebow was what 26th nope, 25th you fool 25th.
1: Ah, yeah, close. I don't know if this is really good
2: podcasting, but I thought <sighs> that was interesting.
1: Six think of that.
2: Six, <laughs> no, you know what that is good podcasting because it allows the oh, it allows the uh, listeners to guess on their own but, as well. Like that's yeah.
1: crazy. Six of the like who would have thought, you know? And all this all these years later. too. Like how is Su still in the NFL? Like that's crazy. That's crazy. Especially with all the games he's played. Yeah. That's another thing by the way. So I think the durability point like works in his favor from a standpoint of Eagles don't want to have to deal with a situation. And I think part of speaks to why they both signed uh Joseph and Sue is because they you don't want to like sign Joseph and then he gets hurt and then you're kind of back to square one again. Like you wanna I think they're going overkill at this position to make sure um that they're not in the spot where they're missing anyone, uh even if Jordan Davis does come back. Another thing I wanted to say about these signings is that there's part of it that reeks of a little bit of desperation that I don't love, like the energy it's like well we had to do something and and it's like the run defense wasn't even that bad, as we talked about against the commanders. Uh, I'm not saying they should sit on their hands, but I'm just saying like there's a little bit of like that energy which just makes me feel a little bit uneasy. I think it's it makes sense to sign these guys more than it doesn't um but the other the thing that bothers me maybe the most would be just kind of like the uh, the approach, or from Jonathan Gannon, where it's like, oh well, you know, I can't possibly be expected to do anything unless we, you know, what I mean? It's just like this, like we, 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 I can't figure out answers on my own. We have to sign people, you know what I mean? It's not like I can't like adjust things and like figure it out. It's like I, I'm, I'm so reliant on a player. I don't love that.
2: I think it's, I think it, the the biggest benefit to signing these two guys, and if they, and it'll be interesting to see if they actually play immediately uh, against Indianapolis this week. I think they will. And I think Bob Groats right. actually said that uh he that he uh was hearing that they were gonna play this week. So it'll be interesting to see if they do, because I think the biggest benefit is that they keep they keep Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave yeah, they they, they keep their snaps reasonable in the short term so that they can be productive mm-hmm. players at the when you need them the most in the playoffs and, and during the stretch run if they're still competing for that one seed or for the division. Uh so it's a temporary like the the, the short term benefits um of keeping those guys off the or it's really more of a long term view of this particular season in terms of uh you know keeping those guys fresh and rested in the short term
1: I just going back to the gannon of it all it kind of just i think further s- speaks to the point of i think what the defensive improvement is more about the the personnel than it is like him making the most of what he has i think Agreed and that's one of my frustrations yeah. to him. I think he gives you what you have. He doesn't give you better than that. He doesn't maximize your talent. He just gives you what the talent at best, the talent that he has. Which I just that's not really to me good coaching. That's like, like like solid coaching. That's the th- like it's a, a the bare minimum what you want a coach to do. Um, ideally, you want a coach to maximize players. But anyway, it doesn't have to be a referendum on Gannon. But that was just kind of that's like the kind of thing that I guess bothers me about it. I, I would again, I would make these moves. I thought they were reasonable moves um your Super Bowl contender and also just try it. And if it doesn't work out, you can always cut them. You know, it's after week one. He's, it's not like you're fully guaranteeing all these salaries. Um, although I don't know what they're going to be paid, but we uh, whatever. See. Um
2: <laughs> you know, I think sorry. I don't know why they I, I don't know why they would sign unless they were getting some kind of okay, guarantee. Sure. Um so Sue, for me, I I tweeted this, so my apologies for uh, doubling up on this well, content. Who knows if Twitter is uh, he's gonna for, be around jimmy it's true uh but for me he, he immediately vaults to number one on eagles players that i would not want to have yeah. to fight um who would be your top three i mean sue is that? definitely I'm putting you on
1: the spot there. Here, i guess um uh i mean jordan mailata i know he's like a nice guy but i mean if that guy was mad yeah. at you geez um
2: if he's mad yeah. at you, you're, if he's mad at you and also like if his temperament were different, you're well, I mean in he's trouble. such
1: a nice guy that if he was mad at you, then that you're in big trouble. You know what I mean? Like it's not <laughs> like he's like, if he's God. mad, he's seriously mad. He is out for blood at that point. Yeah. Uh
2: yeah, like let's say you're put in the ring yeah. with him and then you you punch him in the face <laughs> and then he gets really mad and then you And
1: so I'm gonna go just <laughs> those guys uh one and two and then
2: hmm. I mean Cox
1: is still pretty scary too, I would
2: say yeah from pure physical uh scariness those those are probably the top three i I would go Derek Barnett number two because <laughs> he wouldn't give his crap about just yeah he's just gonna wreck you. i mean anyone on the team is gonna wreck sure. me uh very easily from uh N- and, and Sue all the way down to I don't know who Britton <laughs> Covey would probably be the uh the least threatening guy like that guy would oh, wreck sure. me in a, in half a heartbeat. Um, but I think I feel like part of the equation here is who would actually take joy in pummeling you. And I think, uh, Derek Barnett would be number two on that list after Sue. And then number three, I had, uh, Dickerson because he is just willing to dominate True. guys that are soft. Like <laughs> you saw in that Jaguars game, poor number 95 on that team just got wrecked by him throughout the entirety of that game. He was just mean to that guy uh so yeah i'd, I'd feel that kelsey as well.
1: up there as well from a standpoint of like I, kelsey is probably the guy who can just like take like 50 billion punches and just doesn't give it you know what i mean like he, he his pain his tolerance <laughs> right. pain tolerance has to be the highest on the team like he, you can't hurt him he's almost like invincible yeah. so that would probably be like the scariest guy to fight from a standpoint of like you could just like have a 100 free shots to his face and he'd still like be standing there like, you ever, um, I don't know if you've been in a bar fight, Jimmy, but I I have not. But I I feel like, I, you know, you, you hear stories of the guy that gets, like, so drunk that he's just, like, invincible because, like, he just doesn't feel anything. You know what I mean? And so it's yeah. like you can't even beat that yeah. person. Um, anyway, fun discussion. <laughs> uh, anything else about those signings before we talk about Goddard?
2: No, I mean, I think there, it makes sense to beef up the uh, the interior defensive line again. What would you grade the signings if you had to grade them? I don't think these are like A plus moves. Uh, no, I think the Sue move is pretty interesting I like the move because more, for if sure. he has if if he has something left in the tank like he did the yeah. last two years, that can actually be a guy who can make a few impact plays sure. for you. Um, I give that one as high. We have got to see what the numbers are, but assuming they're not out of control, I give that like an A minus. I agree. I really like that move a lot. I agree, and I like that he wanted to be in Philadelphia. I think that's a big factor where he was like, I want to play for that sure. team. And uh, it wasn't like they had to coax him out of retirement or whatever. Not not that he retired or anything like that, but coax him off uh, his, you know, enjoying not getting his head bashed in playing football. Uh, and then the Linville Joseph uh, signing. Um, I, I think it makes sense for, for what they sort of need in mm-hmm. the short term. Again, to be determined whether that is that signing is, is uh was made because they're fearful that Davis is going to be out for a while, but I'd give that one like a solid B. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the same page with you. So also note, you know, it's kind of
1: interesting. We'll see how these moves impact the locker room. If at all, uh, Bernie Graham seemed pretty excited to have Joseph around. And, uh, Joseph was a captain for the Mm -hmm. chargers. And I talked to Michael Peterson from bolts from the blue SB nations chargers blog. And, um, he had nothing but good things to say about, um, like Lindval Joseph as a locker room presence, so that might be a, an actual good ad from a from a culture standpoint. Um, Sue, so, I don't know, we'll see.
2: Um, but yeah, we should mention Kelsey too. And, and Lin- Kelsey, he sort of pegged Lindval Joseph as the guy that he just couldn't handle uh, early in his career. That guy, maybe he didn't peg him necessarily in those words. <laughs> maybe that's maybe more my editorialism. Uh, but that guy killed Kelsey uh earlier in their careers at a time when Kelsey just could not anchor against those real big nose tackles. Limbaugh Joseph owned him early in his career. Uh Kelsey was able to adjust over time and sort of do a better job with technique and whatever and being able to to anchor against those kinds of guys. But that's a guy that Jason Kelsey really respects a lot uh as a player and uh it's interesting now that he's got to block him every day in practice. And
1: that's probably not irrelevant. Uh I know how Roseman talks to players. That's not, I'm not saying that mm-hmm. he signs up other people just based on who he, like the players he talks to, his own players, but I know he does talk to his own players and gets their input on certain guys. That's not an irrelevant factor, uh, to him. So that may have been, uh, that may have played a role in equal signing him probably didn't hurt. Uh, let's talk about Dallas Goddard because he officially went on injured yep. reserve, um, uh, I think I had mentioned to you that um, uh, Dr. Edwin Porras, who's come on BGN radio before, kind of said like a two to four week timeline. Uh, obviously he's on IR so he'll miss the next four games oh, okay. but he seems to think that it could be the earlier you know he, he might is be this
2: is his specific injury known
1: uh no but just based on like the you know the tv he's just guessing on what what yeah, it was based on the play the TV analysis um okay uh he thinks it's gonna be on the shorter end it's not like he's gonna you know miss like six games he think it, it could be a four we'll see you know and yeah did he not, say what he thinks it is uh he did i forget exactly um i don't have it in front of me um
2: but Basically what happened on that play in case you, you don't remember uh, our listeners I think people remember he, it Well I mean he got he got well of course they remember that he mm-hmm. got face masked and he got pulled to the ground by his face but also the injury occurred when 320 pounds uh John Ridgway yep. is it Ridgway wh- whatever his Not first Hassan name Ridgeway. is just landed on him Not Hassan Ridgeway. Not Hassan Ridgeway, right Uh just landed on him with all of his weight sort of on his shoulders uh like on his back really but it, it seemed like his shoulders kind of got like scrunched mm. up like <laughs> inside his body uh it was it was that was a bad hit altogether uh, and he stayed down for a while but um yeah certainly everyone remembers the face mask but um yeah he he had a big dude land on him with with the with full force and momentum behind him too um and uh, Grant Calcateria and the, or excuse me no jack Stoll uh, yesterday was talking to reporters, and he was like, "Yeah, I don't know how he even continued to play a snap. Uh, after that. It was a, it was an injury that he probably shouldn't been been playing with, uh, but he he was talking about his toughness or whatever. Yeah, and you're right he he played he played every snap in that game, which is uh, which is pretty impressive.
1: Uh, so he's on IR. He will then miss uh, week eleven, week twelve, week 14. 13, 14, and then be eligible to return in week 15 Mm -hmm. against the bears, I believe. So we'll see in the meantime, Eagles have three tight ends on the roster. They activated Tyree Jackson from PUP, So they have him, I think, you know, his value is is as a guy who can kind of do some of the, like top end athletic things that Dios Goddard could do, obviously not to the same consistency, but like in theory, uh, that's what the skill set he kind of brings. Um, I, I think Grant Calcaterra we'll probably see some more involvement from him in the passing attack as a pass catcher, obviously not really a run blocker, which is, you know, a, a big mm-hmm. value that Goddard has being able to do both. And I think Stoll's receiving ability is a little bit slept on. I know he doesn't have the track record, but I don't think he's like a, a liability or he can't do that. Like, just right. based on watching him in training camp practices, he's not the guy who's going to like get volume. But I think he's a respectable enough pass catcher. I think he can like you know make I don't think he's going to be a liability. I don't think he like can't contribute at all in that regard. I think he can be fine. So uh, you have those three guys. You also have Noah Tangi in the practice squad. The Eagles can only elevate him one more time this year if they did it the first two weeks. Otherwise, they'd have to resign mm-hmm. or sign him onto the roster. And we should probably mention that uh, Zach Paschal is not a tight end, but like. He might as like he's he's almost a tight end or can be, um, for this you know with his blocking ability and everything in this offense. So I think those
2: are, I think everyone's going to have to play a role in there in replacing Dallas Goddard in some way. Yeah, you're not going to line up, you're not going to use Pascal as an inline tight end, but on plays where you know Goddard was maybe flexed out, maybe those are some snaps that go to Zach Pascal instead of, uh, you know, Jack Stoll or Calcaterra or Tyree Jackson. Tyree Jackson is 249, and he was having. A phenomenal training camp last year um, when he got hurt. Uh, I guess it was during. It was Patriots, right in front of us, Jimmy. During practices, yeah. if I recall correctly. That's right. That's right. It happened. To, he he fell. He hit the ground really freaking hard, and he was out for what like eight, like eight, eight games into like the eighth eight. or ninth game he played of nine the season games last year with a back yeah. injury. And then uh, he did return to the team, but he didn't play at all, really. Uh, And then he had uh, that week, that meaningless week 18 game against Dallas where um, he had a touchdown and then boom, tears his ACL. So he actually came back fairly quickly from that because that happened in January um, and he's back already in. I mean, they they opened his window for return in October. Um, So, yeah, he recovered from that reasonably quickly. Uh, but yeah he's he's a guy that, like you mentioned, has the athletic traits, but I wonder how much they'll trust mm. him having been away from the field for so long, and really, I mean beyond <laughs> being away from the field for so long, having very minimal experience to begin with, even before you know he suffered those injuries so um yeah, I don't know how much he'll play, but uh, it is an interesting player that uh seemed like he was going to have a role in 2021 had he not suffered that back injury in, in, in
1: training. I should now. also mention here that um, going off of the Thursday injury report, these are banged up and uh aj brown's Mm -hmm. on the injury
2: report a lot of good players on that list
1: he's listed with a rest designation in addition to the ankle so i would assume he's going to play but you know he's banged up devontae smith wasn't even listed with the rest designation he's just dealing with an injury um i forget what Mm -hmm. it is at the top of my head um but he was just limited for the second day in a row um so that's kind of concerning in addition to goddard being out because you figure it's not even just about okay got out so now we're going to use all these tight ends while we're trying to replace him it's like no probably ideally you want to funnel more of your offense to, to the good wide receivers than try to just like you know uh have tight end targets for the sake of it because you had a good one in the past um so that's also
2: not an ideal timing thing yeah we should probably mention that injury report real quick i mean you mentioned Devontae. did you say aj brown just then uh, i did because he mm-hmm. had that Charlie's doing his... Uh, they had his ankle taped up in that game. Choking thing again. Or dry heaving. Ke- <laughs> What's going on there, buddy? <laughs> he's a, he's he just... Actually, he, his birthday was uh, on, Happy birthday, on the 15th. Charlie. He's 13 now. So he's getting oh up gosh. there. Um, he's an old man. But, I have injuries here. Oh, yeah. Kelsey had his ankle wrapped heavily in uh, in the game against Washington. Hassan Raddick has a thigh injury. Fletcher Cox has a yeah. foot injury. Um, Britton Covey has a thigh injury, so none of those guys were, um, none of those guys practice fully yet this week, which who cares? It's a short yep. week, and you don't expect that anyway. I don't, so the full, the full injury report, I'll just run through it real quick. These are the guys that are limited AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Jason Kelsey, Hassan Raddick, Fletcher Cox, Britton Covey. So, a lot of good players in that list. Again, um, all of them were limited in the first two practices, uh, this, this week, but I, I don't, all I, I would expect that all of those guys are going to play. Uh, Jason Kelsey already said, you know, I mean, of course you mentioned earlier, like you can punch that, you can do anything you want to him, and he has his, his threshold for pain is like uh, no other. But he already said he's like, please, like, <laughs> of course I'm playing. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, the Colts. By the way, have their fair share of injuries in this game. Um, first of all, Shaq Leonard, the the All Pro linebacker. First of all, he that guy was first team All Pro. 2018, 2020, 2021. He was second team in 2019. He's kind of slept on as like an elite player. Um, Last year, 122 tackles, four interceptions. He had eight forced fumbles last year. (laughs) Three fumble recoveries, eight pass breakups. That guy's awesome. He's on injured reserve. Uh, He just had back surgery, which uh, is ending his season, so he won't play. And then they have a bunch of guys on on their injury report from DeForest Buckner who's going to play. Uh, quitty yeah. Pay, um, second year well, guy, probably not gonna play. has not practiced yet this week. Kenny Moore, the cornerback, has not practiced yet uh, this this week.
1: Yeah, they've they've like a, I don't know if it's I don't know what it is. Might be reckless to speculate, mm-hmm. but so Kenny Moore missed uh, the first two days this week with an illness, and now Zaire Franklin and Isaiah Rogers, Isaiah Rogers also a starting quarterback for the Colts in the same position room as Kenny Moore, right. Also picked up an illness, so it seems like they kind of have something going around
2: around there. Yeah, I would imagine he'll play. Ill- illness usually means they're going to play, but uh, yeah, Quiddy Pay is probably the guy that that may not play. This Colts—we'll yeah. get to this Colts team after the break, but um, they're not bad. <laughs> I don't think like I, I don't think this is going to be like a walkover game in in any way. Wow, I, I think that, I totally disagree. Really? Okay. Well, we'll
1: get to that yeah. then. All right. Well, before we do, because we've gone way too long already in this first segment—34 minutes in. Uh, right to selling Craft Turkey. Right to Solid. Discount code BGN15 um go check it out help support the podcast help support a local business jimmy you saw righteous felon at pasta right i did yes Pastificios, for those who don't know is this uh hoagie place uh near chickies and pete's in the shopping center kind of right by the eagles practice facility uh so you know if you see it there here's my thing if you see it somewhere out in the wild give it a try you know see if it's actually mm-hmm. any good or not it is spoiler alert uh, and then once you realize you like it, then the move is to go and buy it in bulk you go to RightToSelling.com because then you're getting the discount at that point, especially with the discount code and you're saving by buying in bulk. Go to com, discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Also, I'm guessing, you know, depending on where you go, there's probably more flavor options because the website offers everything as opposed to, you know, a store might only yeah. have the certain kinds. Um, so, yeah, go do it. And if you don't, you're a coward. Back after this. Eagles Colts preview. Jimmy thinks this team is the best team in the league.
2: <laughs> I do. It's a juggernaut. Uh, now they've they've been a hot mess, um, really off the field more so on the field. Uh, they've had some really bad performances this year. Uh, sp- I'll, I'll speak specifically about Matt Ryan here. Matt Ryan has had like some really awful games, and one of them in particular was on national. Like it was the worst game of the year probably so far this year, just in the NFL. That that uh, Broncos Colts game was that a Thursday night game or a Monday night game? I don't remember. I forget. But basically,
1: any Broncos game has been the worst (laughs) game of the year. Broncos Forty Nine ers was also very uh,
2: horrible. Yeah, Yeah. but this team has some things going for it. Like Jonathan Taylor is, I mean, was the best, probably the best offensive player, non quarterback in the league. Last year, and he's gotten off to maybe I wouldn't say a slow start necessarily because the numbers are actually fine, uh, but certainly not anywhere near the level of the way he was playing in 2021. You can blame a lot of different things for that. You know, namely, um, you know, he's he suffered some injuries earlier this year, but then also just the Colts are a mess, as, as I mentioned. Uh, he had a big game last week against the Raiders, so maybe he's back on track to you know sort of where he was in 2021. I think they have a decent offensive line. I think they have, um, uh, you know, some things on defense. Like their their run defense is the second best in the NFL in terms of yards per carry. And they have a lot of good players uh, on defense that are good. They have a lot of good run stoppers on defense like Grover Stewart, DeForest Buckner, uh, Bobby Okarike. Their corners are are physical players. Um, and then, you know, they're, they can get after the passer. Like Yannick Ngakwe gave Jordan Mailata fits last year. When the Eagles played in Las Vegas. He was on the Raiders last year. He really gave lotta a lot of trouble. So that's a matchup that I think is potentially problematic. And then the corners, like Kenny Moore, we mentioned already, is uh hasn't he's not had a great year, but he's a good player. And Stefan Gilmore is uh is probably their best, not probably he is their best corner, and he's not the the same level of player that he was in twenty nineteen when he was the uh, NFL's defensive player of the year but he's still a very good cornerback and uh can burn you if if uh if you make a mistake going his way. So this isn't like some this isn't the Houston Texans that they're playing like this is a like they have talent obviously the the hot mess that they are off the field with them firing Frank Reich and then uh hiring the way that Joe Thomas put it um uh, Jim Ursay's drinking buddy in uh, Jeff Saturday, I mean, it's it's all a disaster what's going on there behind the scenes. Uh, but I, like I said, I, I do think that this team actually does have talent and isn't necessarily going to be a team that the Eagles just walk all over. You seem to feel otherwise.
1: I think this team is worse than their 4-5-1 and one record indicates. Okay. They are 29th in point differential. Mm-hmm. They are one spot ahead of the Houston Texans in DVOA mm-hmm. at 31st overall. Uh, you have Jeff to factor Saturday. in
2: though that they benched Matt Ryan and that Matt Ryan's could yeah, for how long Okay Matt Ryan for two for two games but that but I mean that's Okay but they were they, they were like they they were just they had no chance with Sam Ellinger as as their quarterback I mean Sam Ellinger stinks borderline you know le- league roster worthy much less starting quarterback worthy um And Matt Ryan's cooked like he's not anything close to what he used to be. But he does have four games this year where his passer rating is over 105. So if you get him on the wrong day, he can at least be effective. Again, like I said, he's had some horrible games, but he's also had four good ones. So like he is capable of still putting together a good game.
1: Not against the Eagles. You shut him down but, last but, year. But I guess, the point, the I guess
2: the point there is... Yeah, their, their DVOA and their point differential and all that is horrible, but some of that mm-hmm. came with Sam Ellinger. And okay. and also with a not um, healthy Jonathan Taylor. Sure. The um, fact that Matt Pryor is starting for them. like <laughs> No, not anymore he isn't. Like, come on. He was. Oh, he's not anymore? No, so their left still... tackle uh, okay. is now Bernard Ryman. Um, well, he's I've their... heard he's been really bad. He, uh, I haven't looked closely enough at him, but he's their. How he th- rookie. I'm seeing Matt Prior listed as their starting right guard here. I think their starting right guard is now Will Fries or Freeze. I don't know how you mm. pronounce it, but he, he was a sixth or seventh round pick a year ago out of Penn State. He at least he's at least started their last two games for them. Um, I don't know if that's a permit and and. Pryor wasn't on the injury report or anything like that, so that seemed to me like he was just their new starting right guard, uh, not just in there mm. because of injury or something like that. But, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Matt Pryor is a starter anymore, nor is uh, another former Eagles offensive lineman. Yeah. Dennis Kelly <laughs> Dennis plays Kelly. for the uh, Indianapolis Colts these days. Mm. But, yeah, no, so from left to right, it's Bernard, Bernard Ryman. Um, left guard is Quentin Nelson, of course. Their center is Ryan Kelly. Yeah. Their right guard is Will Fries or Freeze or whatever. And then their right tackle is – his name is Escaping. He's a solid player. Br- uh, Braden Smith is a, is a decent mm-hmm. enough player. So it's a – you know, they ha- the the two problem areas are Ryman at left tackle. So this mm-hmm. is a game where like if you're going to get something out of Robert Quinn and he does get oh, some, yeah. some opportunities to rush the passer in obvious passing situations, that's like the old Wiley, Wiley vet against – a third round, by the way, this third round rookie in Ryman, he's the guy, mm-hmm. if you recall, during draft season, who he came from Austria and he played at Central Michigan. He was a tight end there initially, and they moved him to left tackle because they had some injuries and they had nothing else. So they just put mm-hmm. this guy in at left tackle and he wound up flourishing there. And uh, he became actually like people were thinking of him at one point as like a first round pick, but he's got athleticism. He's got, um, you know sort of some upside which is a weird thing to say because he's a he's an old, he was an older prospect coming out um but yeah he's a guy that doesn't have many hours logged uh as a as an offensive lineman at any level so if there's a game where a guy like Robert Quinn should be able to take advantage of a player it's this game if like if he gets plenty of opportunities to rush the passer and he doesn't produce in this game then that's a really bad sign
1: i agree um i guess we should flip it over to the colts defense we mm-hmm. just talked about the offense there you know obviously the key on offense all eyes will be on stopping the run um again such a weird it's like a, it was such a nuanced thing coming out of the commander's game so the run defense wasn't we talked about it like they, there weren't enough negative plays um it wasn't like they were getting gassed as long as carry was 11 yards mm-hmm. they averaged what 3.1 yards per carry but the run defense isn't good. Like, on the whole, this season, they ranked, like, 28th in run defense DVA. It's not, like, a strength of the team. Mm-hmm. And even, even with Jordan Davis it was healthy, like, it was not good. It was better, certainly, but it was not, like, an amazing run defense by any means. Uh, by the way, uh, had had to fit this in uh, because uh, old friend Ben Solak tweeted this out last night. Uh, the Viking, uh, sorry, the uh, Titans and the Packers played on Thursday Night Football, uh, for those who didn't realize that. Uh and I think the it's been like so many straight games of the Titans not allowing more than or yeah, the Titans have not given up more than seventeen points mm-hmm. in regulation uh since week three. Mm-hmm. Um senior defensive assistant for the Titans, Jim Schwartz. <laughs> uh you know. Good coach. Uh anyway. Uh so yeah, that's obviously the key on offense is really, you know, being able to, to stop the run. I, I would I would think, and by the way, uh, I don't think I brought this up in the recap show. The thing that makes it even more frustrating about why it took Jonathan Gannon so long to adjust against the Commanders, they did the same exact thing in their final game last year against the Eagles. It was the same right, script. Right, right. When Heineke was playing in week, what it was on New Year's Day, uh, whatever week that was, I guess it was... I
2: think it's the second to last 17 game of the or, year. Yeah. Yeah,
1: like... Same exact thing. The Commanders did the same exact thing. They tried to go on these long drives and keep the Eagles off the field. So why did it take so long anyway? So I would hope, I would think that if the Colts try to do that BS, that they would kind of maybe challenge Matt Ryan a little bit to throw down the field more and like you know not allow them to just drive down the field and limit the Eagles' possessions. Um, Spoiler: That's what the Colts are going to do.
2: I mean, we saw the Texans and the the Commanders have success with it, and the Texans and Commanders, by the way employed that game plan because they know they're not as talented as the Eagles. So it's, it's a time tested uh, strategy for teams that are heavy underdogs to try to run yeah. the ball a lot and shorten the game. Like this is not, yes. this is not like any sort of um, like uh big, uh, big invention here by, by the, by the uh, Texans and commanders, the way they played the Eagles the last two games. And the Colts, the best thing they do is run the ball with, with Jonathan Taylor. So they are absolutely going to hammer the run. And the Eagles not only have to come up with, with stops on him, but they have to come up with negative plays uh, in the run game and, and and force him into obvious passing situations when they can get after Matt Ryan. If they can't do that, then it's going to be a struggle in this game. I think the Eagles are going to win, certainly, but it's going to be a struggle to to keep them off the field. I think you pointed
1: this out. It's funny because there's been talk of like the the blueprint is out on mm-hmm. how to beat the Eagles, and I don't really think that's true. I think you've said this. It's not truly for like the good teams. It's mm-hmm. true for like how the bad teams should approach it. Yes, which is kind of funny um, because if you're a good team and you're doing this and you're trying to like shorten the game, it's probably a bad thing for you because like you, if you're if you know you're I feel like a team that you can hang with the Eagles, you want more possessions. You don't want to limit your right. possessions. Um, but the bad teams certainly do, so that's kind of like an interesting thing, like where somehow now the bad teams have a better recipe to beat the Eagles than the good teams do. Uh, a weird kind of, uh, I guess. Well, if you're a good team, in.
2: you're not going to do that. You're not. You're not going to play that way. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Like if you're the Vikings, you're not going to you're not going to hammer the run all day when you have Justin Jefferson. <laughs> you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like it's a, it's a it's a way to play the Eagles. If it, it, it's it's a way that you can hang with the Eagles. Uh, if you're a bad team, like the Texans did for a while into the second half, and like if, the Commanders obviously did.
1: If you can convert on third down, of course, which is yes. you know
2: key. If Obviously,
1: if you just keep going three and out, then you're in a really bad spot. But uh, anyway, I meant to flip it to the defense, and I didn't, so we should do that now. Um, Eagles offense, yeah, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, we're going to see what they look like with Dallas Goddard gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, hard not to ex- expect some kind of drop-off, significant drop-off with how good he's been. I think they have enough at tight end to kind of get by. For now uh the receivers it's kind of hard to know their health status but i would expect aj brown even if he's not 100 to certainly not have one catch for seven yards like he did against the commanders mm-hmm. i would expect them to have a bigger game against uh this team um and i think you mentioned it like their run defense this is probably not going to be a game where the eagles are running all over mm-hmm. uh the colts but they are gettable when it comes to their pass defense so i think this is and honestly not that Jalen Hurts was like the reason to to blame why they lost on Monday. But this is the kind of game where, all right, you had this bad loss. You need to respond. Like go out and have that franchise quarterback kind of performance in this game. Like leave no doubt. Like go out and crush this team. Mm-hmm. Go out and execute at a high level. There's a lot of pressure. Not again, not like saying he was, it's not like he has to play really well because he had a bad game and needs to bounce back. But like he needs
2: to go out there, I think, and, and set the tone. I think he needs a big game. Yeah, he certainly wasn't any he was pretty far down the list on the reason the Eagles lost. I mean, he wasn't a reason the Eagles lost in my opinion on Monday night. Uh but yeah, I I'm with you if if you're going to be the guy, then uh, you kind of have to pull the team up when when they struggled one week and and play better in the next in the next week.
1: Like you can't let them lose. Like, like we're not losing this game. Is the kind of yeah. like performance and mentality you need to see from him. You don't let us slide here. If you're if you're if you're going to be in the MVP conversation, then that's the kind of performance like that would justify that. Mm-hmm. Like we're not messing around. Like we lost whatever. We're not going to let that BS happen again. Uh, so I want to see that from him. Um, any other thoughts on the offense?
2: Uh, on the Eagles offense? Yeah. Uh, again, like I mentioned before, it's you know the the, the one matchup that would. Uh, that would scare me if I'm the Eagles is, is my lot against N'Gakwe. Um, N'Gakwe had a sack against him last year. He had another play where he got, he actually hit the ball while Hertz was throwing and they were lucky that it was ruled a uh, forward pass. He dusted him on a couple of run plays where he, you know, my lot basically just whiffed on his block so I, I don't mean to, you know, hammer my lot of here. Like, he's a brick wall. You can't run through him, but he is susceptible to speed. And, and Gakwe is one of the fastest pass rushers in the league. Uh, so that, that is, uh, you know, I think a concern. Moore is the guy that I think they're probably going to target in the uh, passing game. Moore, Kenny Moore, the corner, if he doesn't mm-hmm. de-play, uh, recovers from his illness. According to Pro Football Reference, he is allowing 8.4 yards per target, which isn't great, uh, and, a, and an opposing passing rate, passer rating of 108.7. Mm. So, you know, because, like you mentioned, the, the Colts, A, have, have a good run defense. Uh, the, B, the B, the Eagles are going to be without Goddard. Um, in addition to, like, this game being on Jalen Hurts, they need the receivers to make plays, too. So it's going to be on A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith mm. and Quez and Pascal uh, to make plays in this game because you're not going to get them, theoretically, from the tight end position. You, they haven't gotten plays out of the running backs uh, in the passing game at all. Uh, this year, so it's going to be on those receivers to to help Jalen Hurts out and make plays. They're going to get Zach Pascal a touchdown pass, aren't they? Yeah, I think uh, this Nick Sirianni likes to reward <laughs> players like in certain situations. Um, I had almost kind of felt like they were definitely going to go to Devontae Smith uh, in the when they got into the red zone because it was his birthday <laughs> so right. I think exactly. Yeah, we, is I mean I was talking about
1: that last week. Yeah. He, he's
2: kind of Ted Lassoish in that in that uh in that re, re, respect. Uh but yeah, I, I expect that uh you know this won't be a zero target game for sure for Zach Pascal. No.
1: All right, let's take another break here before we get into our picks against the spread and everything, but before we do, and Roach of Roach and com, who I might be seeing in a few hours when I pop over to your yeah, house. You haven't met her, her in yet, right? In person. No, I'm terrified.
2: Today's the day. Look at that. Because she is like the best (laughs) realtor ever. That's right. Voted on by God as the best realtor in the history of the universe, which is an amazing feat. Uh, So if you don't call her, if you're looking to buy or sell your house, first of all, you're crazy. Uh, You're also a coward. And I hate you. Um, (laughs) So make sure that I don't hate you Uh, So, by calling her at 856 906-9295 Nine zero six nine two nine five again eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors again voted on by God as the best his- as the best realtor in the history of the universe. Brandon, back after this. <laughs> Kristen Rocha Road Trail Tours Road Trail Tours Road Trail Tours Kristen Rocha Road Trail Tours She's the greatest Eight five six
3: nine
2: zero oh, six nine two nine
3: five.
2: Eight 869069295 five, oh, 92 nine.
1: Back here on BGN Radio. It's time once again, Jimmy, to get into our NFL picks Against the Spread segment, which everyone loves so much, uh, and is brought to you by
3: DraftKings.
1: (laughs) Every week this season, we will be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, our loyal Bleeding Green Nation listeners, to follow. I actually... You know, I tweeted out a screenshot uh, or I think I put it on Instagram the, at bleeding green Insta uh, of so, so there's actually like the BGN logo that you can see uh, for that bet on the DraftKings Sports app. So that's kind of cool uh, this week. Our parlay will be posted once the uh, legs are up. I don't think they are yet. So check out our Twitter at Bleeding Green or, again, Instagram, mm-hmm. potentially, if Twitter is not around, at Bleeding Green Insta uh, to see the graphic that will be promoting that same game parlay. Haven't decided yet. Might have to put that Zach Pascal touchdown in there. I know the odds will be like, like pretty uh, high for that. So um, so you can check that out uh, on game day. That That'll be up. Uh, Each week, DraftKings has new offers in great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, let's set the record straight. And by that, I mean, Jimmy, you are 17 and 20 against the spread. We both went 2 and 2 last week. I am 19 and 18 against, or sorry, straight up. We are now 7 and 2 each because we obviously got last week Mm -hmm. wrong. All right, we have five games to talk about. We're going to start with the Rams at the Saints. The Saints currently own the number four overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft. Will they continue to slide? The Rams are uh, three-point underdogs in New Orleans. Who do you have? I got a trivia question for you, actually. What team has the worst point differential in the NFC? In the NFC? Ooh, because I think the Steelers is the
2: NFL. Um, uh, oh, it's the Rams, it's the yeah. Rams, <laughs> yeah. The defending NFL, the defending Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams, have the worst point difference from the NFL 50 something, stink 52 or 53. And yeah, that's exactly right. That team stinks, they have not played, in my opinion, like a good game all year. Whereas at least the Saints no. have kind of had, like, you know, uh, like they have a rare game where they go, Oh, okay. Well, they might yeah, have like that something. Raiders at game. Least they shut out the Raiders. Raiders stink, but a shutout is a shutout. Shutout, um, yeah. They had another game against uh, I forget who it was a few weeks ago, uh, where they looked impressive. So they at least have moments of decentness, whereas the Rams yeah. have just been horrid this year, like one of the worst teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So yeah, give me the Saints in this one. What was the what was the line on that? I told me Saints are favorite, standard three point home favorites. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'll still I'll, I'll I'll take the Saints and I'll lay the three. I'm
1: with you on that. It's kind of unfortunate for the Eagles, but uh, I just think the Rams are terrible. Uh, no reason to really bet on them. I know the Saints aren't great, but yes, I agree. The Saints have shown some signs of life where the Rams are just – I think that's a team that's kind of really not uh, – I don't know if checked out the right word, but they're
2: just – it's not their year. They showed clearly. the Rams you know, they won this. like uh, at the end of the first half on Red Zone Channel this, this past Sunday, and – <laughs> like uh, some bad play happened before the end of the half. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was the kind of play where, like, if it were in Philadelphia, like th- the stadium would have just been raining booze down on the team. That's <laughs> like they went into the locker room. Like you know how, like, uh, when the Eagles have a terrible first half, they get they get their asses booed off the field when they go into the into the tunnel. Mm-hmm. There's like a little smattering of booze. <laughs> in like in LA, which you almost never hear. That's how bad they've been. Yeah. But like, if it had been the equivalent of Philadelphia, they would have gotten their asses handed to them going back into the tunnel. Lions are at the Giants. Giants are three point favorites. Who you got? I know that you wanted. I know that you not wanted, but liked the uh, po- the chances of the Giants dropping one of yes two games against the Texans I'm sorry to steal what you were probably going to say anyway against the Texans or the Lions no I'm glad you said it so I don't have to okay yeah. <laughs> Against the Texans or the Lions they beat the Texans last week but holy yep. crap they got a lot of breaks in that game and if a couple yep. you know play here or play there went the other way like there's a touchdown called back on you know sort of an iffy penalty uh by the Texans a few other plays that just I mean could have gone either way really and uh, Texans very well could have won that game. Giants ended up winning it by eight. Lions have been playing better recently. Mm-hmm. They've won their last two. Who did um, they just beat? What's the quarterback they've just beat? <laughs> the Justin Fields debates uh, around the league are very, uh, it seemed to be like you're either in one camp or the other, and there's not a lot of middle ground. I happen to be in the Justin Fields is very yeah, fun. Dan Orlovsky, And I enjoy watching him uh camp i think he's got a obviously got a long 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 way to go as a passer but he's one of the Mm. most fun players in the nfl to watch right now uh anyway that that, uh aside aaron Rodgers and the packers and the lions what's that
1: lost just lost to aaron Rodgers and
2: the packers and the (laughs) lions (laughs) well i mean his defense has given up over 30 points per Uh, game so that's that's not his fault um anyway the lions have been playing better um, Lions have had a lot of close games Not go their way this year The Giants are It's weird to see So, you know, if we were just using the general rule of thumb In terms of line, You know, odds makers lines The standard is, you know Minus three for evenly matched teams You give, you know, minus three to the home team And that's mm-hmm. what the line is You said it was minus three, right? It hasn't changed? Yep Okay. So the a seven and two team in the Giants Is only a three point home favorite over a three yeah. and six team. Um, you know, I'm not going to, uh, you know, make any bold picks here. I still will take the giants. Um, yeah, I'll take the, th- actually I'll take the three. Sorry. If, if we're doing lines, I'll take the three points in the lions, okay. but I do think the giants will win this game, but I think it's, it's close to like a toss up in this game on who's actually going to win. it. It is a tough matchup. I think for, for, for the giants uh, again, like I said, the lions are, are, are playing better and they've got deandre swift back and some other guys so uh this mm-hmm. is going to be a better team down the down the back stretch i mean they're done obviously already this year but they're going to be uh yep. they're going to be pesky for some teams down the stretch i think so my logic
1: with the you know giants are going to lose one well their next two kind of boils down to they're due for a loss they can't like just like the eagles were kind of were due for a loss from a standpoint if they weren't going to have every right. game as a plus turnover differential giants have just been getting like like you just kind of said like l- lucky a little too much it feels like they're just due they're going they're not they're not as good they're not a seven and two quality of kind not. of team yeah. when you look at any kind of advanced metric that's not to say they're bad i think they're more of like you know like a five and four six and three kind of they're they're due they're just due for a loss mm-hmm. so i'm going to take that i will say what worries me is that uh lions not good against mobile quarterbacks i've seen justin fields and jalen hurts mm-hmm. And Daniel Jones can certainly run. Yep. So I, I do worry about that. I also worry about Jared Goff slash Dan Campbell had never won a road game until last week against the bears, making that Justin Fields loss all the more pathetic. Yeah. Um, so that kind of worries <laughs> me too, Jerk. but I, I, I do think there is something to the, I don't think this is just the Packers and Bears struggling as much as the lions do deserve some credit for kind of figuring things out here. Uh Dane Cram- Campbell has maybe been given too much credit in the past for his team fighting, but I think there's that's not like totally made up. I think there's something to that. I think they're gonna play competitive. The Giants, I think their biggest thing, and I've said this on the mixtape with RJ, they don't beat themselves. That is such a departure mm-hmm. from where the Giants yep. have been for many years now. They're pretty good at not beating themselves, but again, they've they've been they're they're just like they've been getting a lot of breaks. And I think that's kinda it's it's their due to not at some point here. And I think the Lions get the win, so I will take them oh, outright. outright huh? Also, okay. certainly, or certainly with the three points as well. Um, all right, that brings us to the Commanders, who RJ and I went through their schedule, and we went through the 49ers' schedule, and these two teams play each other. Not impossible oh, for that final wildcard spot. Yeah,
2: yeah, that the all oh, four NFC teams. Assuming the Seahawks hang on in the in the NFC West as well. Too right, exactly. Which I I think they will, but. Uh,
1: not impossible. All four NFC East teams could be in the playoffs. No thanks to the Eagles, and then start, you know, Washington's getting Chase Young back at some point here. Yeah. Uh, so the Commanders are three point favorites at the Texans. I feel like I can make this simple. Texans stink. They don't. <laughs> well, really I that line only three? I know. <laughs> so I will take the Commanders, and I think you're going to take them.
2: Too. Yeah, I am. I mean, the, the Texans are going to have a, have trouble blocking uh, you know, Daron Payne and, and Jonathan Allen, and they're going to have trouble covering that the trio of receivers in McLaren. Uh, Curtis Samuel and, um, and Jahan Dotson. So that's an easy pick for me. I don't know why that line's only three. And the commander's
1: biggest strength is probably stopping the run. And, you know,
2: Damian Pierce is like the best yep.
1: thing the, the Texans have going for them. So yeah, that's just not, I don't, I don't really see it. Uh, Cowboys are one and a half point favorites to the Vikings. A very, very little interesting next two weeks here, uh, from an Eagles perspective because the Cowboys play the Vikings mm-hmm. this week and then the Giants next week. So kind of a, a situation where, uh, there's, there's going to be some silver linings or good news from those outcomes. I would argue, let me know if you feel differently, um, that Eagles fans should actually be rooting for the Cowboys in this game because I think you should be more focused on winning the one seed and having as much cushion there as possible than worrying about winning the NFC East because I think the Eagles should be at a point, not where like that's necessarily a given, but I think that this, the sights should be set higher for where they are yeah. at this point. Do you disagree? <laughs>
2: Yeah, it can go either way. I think the counter argument to that is if the Cowboys lose, then they're all but out of the picture in terms of being able to win the division before losses. That's and assuming the Eagles win in, in Indianapolis. And that's a three game right. cushion. They now have with a head to head as well. So, yeah, I mean, uh, that's nice too. <laughs> and uh, and it depends on, I guess, what team do you think is more of a threat? Is it the Cowboys or is it, or is it the Vikings? And well, Oh, the Vikings have a very easy schedule the rest of the year. Hmm. Exactly. But are they are they that are they really that good? Like they can lose some games down the stretch. Um certainly they're eight and one, and that's impressive. And they just beat the Bills. Very weird game, but they beat the Bills. Um so they are capable of beating good teams. I think they have some losses coming down the stretch here. So hmm. I think you can go either way. I, I think I'm I'm kind of yeah, with you that it's better if it's the Cowboys a win, but it's it. You know the Eagles are going to benefit one way or the other here because one of these two teams is going to is going to lose. Uh, a tie, by the way, does nothing for the Eagles in terms of right. the Vikings. I don't. I never want to hear oh root for a tie. It's the dumbest thing you can ever say. It's
1: so stupid. Well, that was it's in play. Even, it's, it's not a
2: realistic thing to root for. But that was in play last week when they went to overtime with Buffalo. Sure. So I remember during that game, I was thinking, "Oh, the, the tie does nothing for the Eagles if, yeah, because they already have the head-to-head against the Vikings right. anyway. Uh, so they needed the Bills to outright beat them. But anyway, uh, that aside, yeah, I think, um, yeah, they're either way the Eagles are going to benefit because they're going to get a huge cushion against against the Cowboys, or they're going to mm-hmm. regain their one-game cushion that they already had against the Vikings before they lost to the Commanders.
1: Exactly. I'm not saying like you know it's bad if the Cowboys <laughs> lose. By any means, it's a win-win. I just think the most optimal thing... So my scenario, because I I truly believe the Lions can win, you know, it's that the Lions beat the Giants this week. Mm -hmm. The Vikings beat the cowboys and then on thanksgiving when the cowboys host the giants then the giants win that game. yeah i agree so I think they have a chance to win that game yeah like i think that's like you know what you're you're you can't just look at it from a one-week scope i guess is my point like i think you have to look at it like that and i'm, I'm rooting for all those outcomes because i think that would be the optimal situation for the eagles obviously you don't want the cowboys to win both of these games you, you want them to drop at least one of the next two um i think preferably against uh the giants uh, for sure but uh i will take the cowboys to actually win this one okay because vikings like i mean that loss over the bills was good but feels like there could be due for a bit of a letdown after that i mean it was good but also like i just i have a hard time fully buying this team they're like they were like 18th in dvoa heading into last week and what 12th or something eighth in point differential not too high um they lose the game if the Bills' court, uh, safety knocks the ball down instead of tries to intercept yeah, it. Yeah, crazy Deverson play. Doesn't make... Like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, Kirk, they won that game in spite of Kirk. Um, not to say he didn't do anything good in the game, but he certainly, like, I, I credit the defense. Because he would turn the ball over, the defense held, uh, like, the-, the Bills to, like, a field goal or whatever. And, obviously, Josh Allen had those downright irresponsible turnovers in the red zone um i I don't think that was like a statement game for the vikings as some people made it out to be i think the vikings played reasonably well Mm -hmm. not so much the quarterback but they also got breaks and like the giants kind of just i think the the vikings are due for some bad luck because they've been getting a lot of the breaks a lot of the good luck a lot of these one score games or things continue to go their way i think that's not the case i think the cowboys i think it's gonna be an this kind of goes to my Eagles point this week, but I think this is also true for this game. I think people are overreacting to the Vikings win in a positive way. And I think they're also kind of overreacting to the Cowboys loss, um, which was certainly a bad loss for them. Yeah. But like they were up 28 to 14. I don't, it wasn't like, wow, the Cowboys were, played terrible. Um, they blew it, but I, I think they'll bounce back and I think the Vikings will take a step back. So I will take the Cowboys as one and a half favorites on the road.
2: Yeah, so I have the uh, I have the Vikings winning this game out, right? Um I I was actually okay. surprised that the Cowboys were favored in this game. Um if you think that, you know, here in Philadelphia there are concerns about run defense. Well, the Cowboys have given up 447 yards <laughs> over the last two games. So they uh each of their last two opponents rushed for over 200 yards. Uh Green Bay uh put it on them 209 yards I think it was. And then um the bears the week before when Justin Fields had a, had a big day on the ground. Um, they, they they ran for over 200 yards against the Cowboys as well. So, you know, that defense uh, not the 1985 bears uh, and then offensively Dak Prescott is really not playing that well. Like we have a small sample size of him so far this year four games, but he is having the worst numbers of, of his career in the following categories, interception percentage, yards per yards per interception percentage is 3.1% of his passes are getting picked off. He had two bad ones uh like that he threw to Rudy Ford <laughs> of all people uh, against the Rudy Packers Ford. last year. There were there are two legitimately very bad throws. Um yards per pass attempt 6.7 not good. Yards per completion 10.6 not good. His QBR is 52.0. His QB rating is 85.9. Uh and then he's having his second worst numbers in these categories. Completion percentage Uh, just 63.8 when they have like a ton of guys that are like right up around seven, like near Jalen Hurts is what sixth in the NFL like 68 like rough almost 69 percent of his passes getting completed Dak Prescott's way down at 63.8 and then his passing yards per game are way down uh, 214.0 on that so he is not having a very again small sample size just four games for him this year but he's not been, and and the one game kind of skewed things when they just got nothing going whatsoever week one against Tampa. But nevertheless, I mean he he just does not look like the um you know the, like the the player that we thought was the most valuable player in the NFC East uh, heading into this season. So um yeah, I mean the he's gonna have to have a big game uh, on the road uh, against the Vikings for them to win this game. And I don't know that I'm buying Dak right now can you tell
1: me Dak prescott's record outside of nfc east games including the playoffs mm, i don't know
2: i have no idea but the way that you bring that I up leads me to week. believe it's not yeah. great <laughs> 31
1: and 31 okay yeah so not to say like obviously division games are important but the giants literally have had the worst record in the nfl or at least did entering the season uh from sev- 2017 so one year into Dak's career and then Obviously, Washington has been a dumpster fire Mm -hmm. for a long time, too. And the Eagles have been up and down stretch, but up and down. They also were one of the worst teams in 2020. So point being, I think there's like a myth of Dak Prescott. Like people want to talk about he's elite. They want to put him. He's he's underrated or whatever you want to say. And part of that's probably being a Cowboys quarterback. 31 out of 31 in a non-division games, I think is like. Maybe this guy's a little bit more closer. I think if right. you're I think Dak Prescott is an above average quarterback. Yes. But I think he's closer to being like you know, mediocre than he is closer to being elite. Closer uh, to like top at,
2: twelve as opposed to top
1: eight. Right. Yeah. I like there's a oh he's elite. No. Uh anyway. Uh I am still taking the Cowboys just because I think uh I'm not fully buying the Vikings. Okay. I think they're due. That's fair. That's, that's my logic this week. Same thing with the Giants. Um, fascinating game from the eagles perspective for sure and yes very very like so much so much more fun it's it's been said in many places a lot that it's more fun to typically root for uh or sorry against the cowboys than it can be for the eagles but i'm really looking forward to this uh vikings cowboys game and then again thanksgiving where you kind of just get to sit back and relax and uh then get to root against the cowboys probably
2: uh on thanksgiving cowboys games so. i mean the cowboys have really blessed eagles fans over the last decade or so with just really high profile you know all eyes on them kind of losses <laughs> And this past sunday it wasn't a primetime game but it was the final game remaining uh during the late afternoon window and uh mm-hmm. everyone was watching that game <laughs> and uh yeah they, they blew a uh what a 14 point lead and then uh they had a chance to win in, in, in overtime and they didn't and uh to the quarterback that owns them and hasn't even been <laughs> yeah, playing right well. right he's been playing like cra- he by the way uh Aaron Rodgers played like dog shit excuse my language again uh hmm. on Thursday night against the Titans he had yeah. he there were some wide open throws that he just absolutely i mean wide open he just missed them it's very weird to yeah. see him play as badly as he has been same thing in that lions game
1: yeah um all right Final pick Eagles are seven point favorites. Now that's when I checked this morning on Friday morning, they were at six and a half. Uh, it's gone up to seven against the Colts. This is my lock of the week. For the really? the I'll okay. show. Yeah. And I'm seven and three now in locks of the week. The games I got wrong were the Vikings game against the Eagles. I took the Vikings. I took the uh, Raiders to <laughs> cover against the Saints. Mm-hmm. They got blown out. Shut out. And then I lost last week when I took the Cowboys, although that was kind of like a reverse. That was kind of a hedge. Uh, I took the Cowboys at the Packers because I, I did legitimately think the Packers are terrible and didn't have much going for them. But I was also certainly happy to be wrong. Uh, this week, I genuinely believe the Eagles are going to bounce back in a big way. I think Monday's game was just such kind of like, it just wasn't who they are. Like, if you're going with the sample size, talk about sample sizes, I much more believe in the... Eight and zero Eagles than I do that than the zero and one Eagles that we saw on Monday night and these turnovers happening again and everything. To your point about this is a, a kind of a great situation on a short week to have in the sense of flush that last loss, move on to the next game, get back to who you were for most of this year. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the Eagles are going to do. Uh, I, I think the offense certainly. You know, maybe I'm putting a little too much faith into what will be a Dallas Goddardless offense, but I still think you have Jalen Hurts here still have a lot of pounds and pieces on that offense uh, to make do. And uh, especially against a, not a good passing defense. And then defensively, I think the Eagles defensive line is going to get after a Colts offensive line that I think I saw ranked like 29th in terms of uh, pass blocking by PFFs grading, take that for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the Eagles can win matchups and I know Matt Ryan gets the ball quick, um, but I still think the defensive line is going to cause some problems and uh, we saw Matt Ryan not really be able to hold up against Javon Hargrave and company last year when uh, the Eagles are playing the Falcons. Different scenarios a bit, but um, I think they'll they'll have an answer for Jonathan Taylor. I like the Eagles to win comfortably enough in this game. I think double digits is certainly in play, and therefore only seven point line. I will take the Eagles, and it's my lock of the week.
2: Okay, yeah, this line was originally not originally. I mean, before Week Ten was in the books. Before the Eagles had lost, and I think it was right after, like, the Colts had, you know, surprisingly, I guess, to some people, beat the Raiders, this line was 10, Eagles minus 10, and then it went down to Eagles minus uh, 6.5, and, a half, and I, I I didn't know that it went back up to 7, but um, I'm on the other side here. I think that... Wow. Uh, the Eagles She's win. The Colts. I have the Eagles winning, of course, and I think it's comfortable enough. Like I don't think the the Colts are going to put into a, a big scare into them or anything, but uh, I do think it's going to be um, a little bit of a struggle for the Eagles in this game because the Colts are going to play them the same way these other two teams did. And until I see Jonathan uh, Jonathan Gannon correct that, um, I'm, you know, I, I don't I don't see the Eagles blowing anyone out uh, until that gets corrected. So. Um, like I said, I, I rattled off all, all the reasons that you know the Colts can maybe make this a game. I think it's not just some scrub team; they do have talent. Um, they do have a lot of veterans on the team that have won a lot of games over their careers, uh, regardless of what's going on with the head coach and the owner and whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is, is a team that is maybe being a little bit slept on. Um, hmm. I I I mean, if they had lost to the Raiders then sure, uh, and and their line would be double digits if they had lost to the Raiders because it would just be – people would be looking at this team as, as sort of in free fall. Um, but yeah, I I do think that um, the Colts will keep it close, and I have the Eagles winning by six, so I will take wow. the Colts and the points.
1: Uh, Jeff Saturday – was having issues like even operating his headset last week uh, based on what <laughs> our friends from Stampede Blue, the Colt Sesame Nation blog, was talking about. And Raiders are a disaster. I mean, they got shut out by the Saints. Like, raiders yeah, suck. They are it. terrible. So I think people are overreacting to – and also I think you know we always talk about the head coach getting fired bump. I think that is a real okay. thing that exists for sure. players. And Because I think it puts players on notice. You know, it's like, oh crap. You know, like the
2: yeah, it's not. It's not really like oh, we're going to play better because we didn't like the head coach that just got fired. And it's certainly not the case in Frank Reich.
1: No, I think it's a matter of like, wow, well, like we're really being assessed here. Anything yes. can kind of happen. My job might be on the line, so I better like really put one hundred and ten percent into this because we're just we're cl- under a close scrutiny. You can't kind of just skate by. Um, and I think that kind of wanes a little bit after this win. Uh, I just think Nick Sirianni is going to outcoach coach Jeff Saturday. That's part of what it comes down to. Yeah. I have much more faith in him as a pencil coach of the year than I do in Jeff Saturday. So, and I think there is certainly something real to the uh, revenge game factor for Nick Sirianni, not just because he was in Indy. I don't think he, like, you know, it's not about that as much as he fired his buddy, Frank. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) Nick Sirianni talks about Frank Reich in almost, I feel like, every press conference to the point where it's just like, all right, we get it. Like, you know, you're friends with Frank Reich. Uh, I think this is meaningful to him. I think he, regardless of what anyone might think, Frank Reich being uh, scapegoated or not, I think Nick Sirianni believes that. And I think that's going to be really meaningful to him. And I think he wants to put a hurt on this team in part because of that. And I also think there's a a mentality from the players. And I think Jalen Hurts, as a leader of this team, is going to be like, you know, let's go out and show that, like, I think their players are frustrated because that was a frustrating loss on Monday mm-hmm. night. I think guys, and I don't think guys were panicking. I don't think guys were desperate. I think they want to get back to being the team that they were and having fun and kind of taking out some of those frustrations here. So I feel I feel good about it. I think the deals are going to win
2: comfortably. And yeah, now you might, you have me second guessing my pick now. Okay. All valid points. Thanks, Jimmy. Hi.
3: It's
1: too late. What? Who are you waving to? Jimmy's waving. I'm not so done yet. I guess it's Christian Bye. Roach. Hey. Okay. <laughs> he's talking to through what? To what, what can Roach. I do for you? Through his window. You wanna do what? He's looking he's looking out his window and he's talking to Kristen Roach, I think. I can't see. Her. You can you screen. can run the blender, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> we're we're wrapping up here anyway. Um <laughs> this has been BGN Radio episode two ninety. Oh, any final thoughts, Jimmy?
2: Mm nah, I'll pass on that this week. We're already uh yeah,
1: an hour and eighteen minutes in. Just, Let's wrap <laughs> because the fire alarms are probably going to go off at any second here. Um, knowing things, at least we got most of it in. Uh, if, I mean, Twitter might implode, but follow us there anyway for now at Brandon Gowton at Jimmy Kemski, also on Instagram with the same handles. Yeah. Please Check follow me right there to... because who knows yeah. how much who,
2: Twitter has got like what a couple
1: of days who left knows? before it implodes. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Uh, uh com will certainly not be imploding, neither will Phillyvoice.com, knock on wood. Um, so follow read our work there. Right is where you want to get right to craft jerky. Use discount code BGN fifteen for fifteen percent off your order. If you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, you want to contact Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com or
2: call or text this phone number she's running the blender right now so i don't know if you can hear that in the background but i can't even hear eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five
1: okay so go do that and check out the sb nation nfl show rate review subscribe to there in addition to here at the bleeding your nation podcast feed listen to the other episodes we have on the feed a lot of good shows people really like the mixtape jimmy uh, which you can also watch on the bleeding your nation youtube channel so make sure you subscribe to that as well uh, we really need to get the plugs out there. Um DraftKings, you know, check that out all that. And I think that's it. So we will be back with you probably um yeah, early early next week after the Eagles beat the Colts cover and cover in
2: advance. Yeah, why don't too, we right uh on. why don't we figure it out right now right 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 in front of the audience. Okay. So I got Almost. my flight back. You know what? Let me see what time i back. Monday. It's definitely Monday. It is at... So record Tuesday then? My flight back is at like 9. So I'll be back. I'm flying into Newark. Oh, yeah. So then I got to drive back to South Jersey from Newark. I'll be home around mm-hmm. noon, I would say. So yeah, we can either okay, go so, uh, Monday afternoon or we can go Tuesday morning. All right. We'll figure it out.
1: Um, definitely have to do it before Thanksgiving, obviously. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, usually yeah. recorded or the preview show as well. Yes. Unless we push it to Friday, but we'll see. The point is, if you subscribe here, you'll get the episode. Let's go Monday, let's
2: go Monday afternoon, and then we'll go. Uh, we'll go like Wednesday for the uh, for the preview game. So that's knocked out before Thanksgiving. Sure. Okay. Boom. That sounds good. So there you go. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody.
0: B G N. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to Vanta.com slash Vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot slash Vox for $1,000 off Vanta. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, the Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts.